Nobody wanted to be this back in the 80s and the 90s. I remember it. I was there. Anybody here there in the 80s and 90s? A couple of people? If you, ha if you weren't there, then we're so happy you're here tonight. Thank you so much. Those of you who were in the 80s and 90s, this is something you definitely didn't want to be. And if you were interested in self-development, if you were interested in some way, shape, or form becoming more evolved, more alive, more dynamic, more connected, more, I don't know, together, less decongested, but more together, this is something you didn't want to be. Even though the truth be told, all of us were born this way, nobody wanted to be this way, or at least not be labeled this way. Codependency, that word was a very interesting phrase, codependency. For those of you who don't know what it is, it kind of is what it sounds like. Codependent, we are equally dependent one on the other. But in the 80s and 90s, with a rash of psychobabble and all kinds of other books that came out, to be codependent was to be unhealthy. Might as well call somebody a narcissistic, a narcissist or borderline personality disorder, anything but codependent, because codependency was defined as someone who was unhealthily dependent on others. One who wasn't able to sit alone, be with themselves for too long, and in a world and in a country where the ethos of being the lone ranger, being independence day, we are independent. To be codependent is somehow less refined, less evolved. Codependency, Melody Beattie, books of the 12 step world. Codependency. It was on the lookout. You could get tarred and feathered for being a codependent. You could go find codependency therapists. You could work on your codependency with someone. So it was codependent, exactly. So mutual dependency, interdependency. Remarkable to think that aloneness, in that valence, of course, to be alone was the epitome, the individuated individual. Pretty remarkable when one thinks of what it takes to be in a relationship and one of the features of a relationship is a healthy dose of codependency. I remember Thomas More's book, the great Jungian philosopher back in the 90s. I, I read his book, Care of the Soul, where he spoke about the healthiness of being needy. And that when one loves, one becomes needy. One's needs are, are activated. One becomes, to some degree, against one's better wishes, maybe, against one's better angels. One all of a sudden finds oneself drawn into a place of expecting. And no matter how many books on Buddhism you read or Hinduism and about how expectation equals frustration, reduce expectation, reduce frustration, we enter love from the moment we are born mutually interwoven and codependent and by definition we place our needs and their fulfillment in the eyes and in the presence of the other if there ever was a character in the Torah who tried his best to be as individuated and as unique and as unneeding as there could be and trust me on this not everybody says this but when I read it this way Joseph Joseph doesn't need the brothers except to bow to him. Joseph doesn't need anyone. He's all by himself. Everything with Joseph's life is by himself. He's thrown into a pit by himself. Joseph, the self-made man. 
And the power of Joseph's story is where the book of Genesis tomorrow morning will come to an end. The entire sweep of 50 chapters of who we are, how the world came to be, finishes with the story of a character named Joseph. And for those of you who need a quick refresher on Joseph, Joseph, as I said, was all by himself. He was the drama of the gifted child, right? Right? Jo he's the one that's misunderstood. The dreamer. The one who is, this dreamy, privileged kid. Dad loves him. The brothers are so jealous they can't tolerate it and they throw him in the pit. And nobody pulls him out of the pit. Nobody that loves him pulls him out of the pit. Strangers pull him out of the pit. And then he finds himself in another pit. And then more strangers pull him out of the pit. Until finally, he's no longer in the pit. He's on the top of the chain. Joseph has everything he could possibly want. He's wealthy beyond imagination, powerful beyond belief. And the brothers, in a wonderful turn of events, become themselves needy, dependent on the powerful viceroy, whom they don't know is their brother, until finally, in last week's powerful Parsha, Joseph reveals himself to the brothers. Terrified are they that he will take retribution against them. He promises, no, I will take care of you, I forgive you. And then at the end of this week's Parsha, the end of this week's Torah reading, and at the end of the book of Genesis, the first of the five books of Moses, there are a couple of verses that speak to Joseph's own evolution, his own character development, and to mine and yours, and maybe this world's. It was after Joseph saw his father, Jacob, pass away. And after Jacob had blessed Joseph's two children, Menashe and Ephraim, the text tells us that Joseph himself was on the verge of passing. He called out to his brothers, Vayomer el Yosef el and Joseph, at the end of chapter 50, verse 24, calls out to the brothers, Anochi meis, I will die soon, he says to his brothers. At this point, of course, the brothers have already been scared that Joseph would, once he dies, he wouldn't take care of them. What would happen to them? They were dependent on him. He said, no, don't worry. You're going to be fine. Even after my death, you'll be fine. But here, he says to the brothers, I'm going to die. Velohim pakodiv kodivchem. And God will remember you, etchem, you. Vehala etchem in Aretzazot. And God will bring you up into the land that God has sworn to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the first thing you hear when you read this is, God, Joseph doesn't say, God will bring us up. God doesn't say, Joseph doesn't say, God will bring us up, a collective. Joseph says to the brother, God, will remember you all and you all will be redeemed. Etchem, you all, etchem, you, you ones. And then Joseph says this powerful moment and his point is he might be lost, so take a deep breath everybody, okay? I know it's Friday night, it makes it all right. And Joseph now makes them swear like Jacob had made Joseph swear he makes swear the children of Israel, B'nai Israel, Lemor, Pakod Yifkod Elohim Etchem, Valitem Et Atzmutai Mizeh. Wow. Sure enough, Joseph says, God will indeed redeem you all, as we would say, y'all. 
meaning you 11 brothers, you family are going to be redeemed. There's no doubt about it. And when God indeed redeems you, and he repeats that word, you all, again, don't you, don't you forget about me. Don't you, help me, forget about me. Joseph says, don't, 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 right, don't, don't. We're also dating ourselves. Wait a second. Don't you forget about me, Joseph says. You can see Joseph, the drama of the gifted child, the one who was all by himself, the one who didn't need anybody. All of you are going to be bowing down to me. And now Joseph, what, what does he need from his brothers? He needs them. He's going to die before them. And he says, I'm going to die before you. And in the end, you all will leave. And you might be tempted, of course, to leave me behind, to leave me in the pit. I'll give you another chance, Joseph says. I'll trust you. I'll trust you. I didn't trust you. And now you trust me. I took care of you. I'm going to give you the biggest job of your life. The Midrash says that when Joseph died, they took care of him. The brothers embalmed him. Can you imagine the brothers taking care of the body of their young brother, Joseph? After all he had seen and done. And he says to them, he gives them the greatest confidence. He says, I know that you betrayed me. I know that you threw me into a pit, but I'm going to be in a pit myself now. And instead of throwing me in, why don't you lift me out before you leave? Don't leave me behind. I need you. I need you. Well, my dear friend, Rabbi Adam Kleekfeld out in L.A., when we were discussing this this week, he said to me, there's an inevitable, an inevitable arivut. There's an absolutely absolutely inevitable interweaving mutual responsibility Joseph says we can't get out of Egypt one by one it will take all of us